Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Boy, I tell you what, how many when you started off January 1st, 2020, you took out your pen and paper and you wrote down all of the things that are happening this year. We probably missed it just a little bit in our personal life of just trying to assess what's 2020 gonna bring for us. And I'm sure all of us, our lives have been changed in so many ways and we've had to make so many different decisions in our life. And uh, you know, that's okay. Cause you know, as I continue to seek the Lord through this, cause there's a lot of reasons why we could be frustrated with what's going on around us. And the reality is the majority of that is really out of our control of what's going on. And even now, adding on top of everything else, just all the fires and and all the things that have have changed just in our atmosphere and the smoke and all those things. And it's just like you can say, well, what's next? What's next? And I want to tell you this morning kind of some good things about what's next. Because I'm really sensing in my spirit that God is up to something You know, he already knew about all of this stuff ahead of time. And I believe God's heart is for his people. And and he's building relationship in the midst of all this. So there's good news. There's good news. Before I tell you about that, I just wanted to reflect back a few weeks, probably about four weeks or so. You know, this has been, for our family especially, uh, the last several weeks, it's been a challenge and it's been tough. It's a it just addition to everything that's going on, those of you have obviously connected with us over the weeks, and a couple of weeks ago we had a wedding in our family, and then a week ago we had the burial service for my dad, and then last night we had another wedding in our family, so we've had this, there's a lot of this back and forth emotion, excitement, you know, sadness, sorrow, but yet just a lot of things going on, and I think about even in the midst of all that, God is right there and he's ever present in the time of need. And, and so about four weeks ago, we were gathering together with my dad at their home and there was just this sense of God wanted to download some things to us five kids from my dad. And so basically for lack of putting it in different terms, but if you look in the Old Testament or look in the Bible, there was a lot of things about a mantle there was a mantle that gets passed on to the next generation. And there's a blessing that comes with that. And there's, if you study maybe Elijah and Elisha, there's some things that happen that can really happen in the spirit realm when we talk about these types of things. And so I think we felt it's important that there was something that was passed down from my dad. Now there was in the sense that every day of our lives, there's things that we received and downloaded, but there was something significant about my dad actually not necessarily like a ceremony, anything like that per se, but just sitting there with us and passing his mantle onto us five kids and of the things that God has given him, the legacy that God had started in his grandfather and down through the years. And so there was this sense of just, it was God moment really in that. In each of us kids, there's giftings that God has given us. And so with receiving that mantle from my dad, it just really was an enhancement for each one of us 
in the areas that God has given us gifting and strength. And it just, I, I believe it just, there's a multiplication that comes, an anointing that comes from that. And so I believe that. And so I believe it even for myself personally, I'm saying, Lord, I'm open. What is it you want to do in my life? What do you want to build in my life? What do you want to bring increase? How can what my dad has left for me, how can that not only help me, but help the body of Christ, help our community, help those around, those people that need Christ. And so I stand here today just humbly before you saying, but God is, he's moving, he's, he's on the move. And so there is good news. And I want to share that because there's so many things that uh, we can find around us that aren't good news. And so I believe that there's a powerful move of the Holy Spirit, that it, there's a wave that's coming. We've just kind of at the front end of it, just if you have any a sense of in the spirit realm of what's going on, but I, I believe even before this year is up, we're going to see things that we've never seen before. I, I believe there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's coming upon our nation. And I believe God has prepared all along. He knows exactly what's going on. And, and so there's a mighty visitation that's coming to the United States of America. I strongly believe that. And I, I want to declare that as a, one of the pastors in our community, in, a, in our state, in our nation, that right now God is allowing things to be shaken. He's allowing that. <laughs> He's up there going, you know what? This needs to happen. In order for him to get full glory, in order for the power of God to be demonstrated in a way that we've never seen before, things have to shake a little bit. There has to be, what we're seeing is a, a divide of good and evil that's becoming more and more evident. But that's okay, because that's part of what needs to happen. That's part of what's going on. And so God is right in the midst of everything that's going on in our nation right now. He's right in the middle of it. It's going according to plan. We can't be sitting here sweating and fretting and saying, God, you've got to intervene. You don't realize, God, this thing's going horrible for us. He's up there going, no, this is according to my plan. We're good. Well, I got this. And so I see him moving. And so, you know, reality is the Bible tells us this stuff is going to happen. We see it in the Bible. There, there's prophetic things in the Bible that tell us that what is going on right now has been told to us many years ago. So we're living in the time. You know, the children of Israel went through 40 years of challenges, sitting in the desert, waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, we've only been kind of feeling like we've been in this challenge for like six months. And we're done, right? We're, we're just like, we're spent. We're wanting something. You know, I, I believe God's building some patience in us as well. He's building us determination to trust him, to believe him. As believers, we have to be all in. We can't be kind of on that fence of kind of, well, I'll just wait and see if I'm going to be with God or if I'm going to kind of go where the world's going. We've got, as believers, we got to be all in because there's persecution that comes with this. And we'll read that in scripture, but... You know, we're in a place, and we're in a time and a season, we're positioned, in a, and we should feel okay about it. It's like, okay, God, it's out of our control, but God, it's in your control, and we just need to be lockstep with him. Where he's going, we need to be going with him in that, and make sure that we're staying true, and that we're tracking with truth. That's, I guess, if I could title my message this morning, it'd be tracking with truth, because there's tracks that we can be on, and those tracks go different places. But as long as we stay on those tracks, uh, we're going to be okay. There's that balance there that, that's going on all the time. There's the truth thing, and, the, and there's wisdom, and there's, there's all these things that come into play. 
So I wanted to read a few scriptures this morning and make a few comments, but just sort of take us back into the word and say, this is what the word says about today. This is about what's going on. And what do we do as believers and how do we stay the course? How do we keep tracking with truth in the midst of all of the things that are going on around us? So Lord, I just pray for the next few minutes as we look into your word and we become reinforced in the things that you've spoken many years ago, God, that they come to life again in us that we can reflect back and say, yep, that's true, that's true, and, and Lord, that we can apply these things to our lives and that'll help us as believers as we move forward, lockstep with you, and that we're going to see, we're going to be able to be alive in the midst of the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's going to rock this nation, that lives are going to be suddenly transformed, God, and, and come to you, and people will be saying yes to Jesus Christ because the things that they're dealing with are so taking them in such a wrong direction that they'll be desperate for good news, desperate for you, God. And we want to position ourselves to be part of the answers that you bring, God, that we can be there and be available to share your love, to share your hope, to share your truth with those around us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to quickly take us into 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read several verses in chapter 3 and then some in chapter 4. This really talks about the danger of the last days. And I, I truly believe, and I know pastors have probably preached for decades, well, we're in the last days. We're in the last days. We are seeing evidence we're in the last days. Now, there's no way to tell what that really means. But I tell you, if you look around, it sure seems like there's a lot of things that we see that are pointing that we're probably, you know, somewhere in there. Whatever, if it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years, maybe, I don't know. I'm not here to say that, but I'm saying that time is short, and so we need to be about our Father's business. So here in 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 1, it says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. <laughs> Check that box. For people will love only themselves and their money. Check that box. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. Check those boxes. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. We see a lot of this stuff going on. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. I'm telling you, we're seeing a lot of that right now, of hatred of what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Yeah. Stay away from people like that. Now, in a sense, we need to be around people like that, but this is saying stay away from them. In other words, don't allow that to come and infect you. You be the one to infect them. But don't let that come and begin, because that's what happens. We get into the, this group of people, that, these naysayers and all these, they poo-poo this and that, or we, you know, we, don't, we don't believe this, and you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket and all these things. Just don't hang around that. That's not healthy for us. We need to hang around people who are faith-filled. People are saying, you know, God is, is good God. He's got things in, in control. He's going to do some good things for us. So if we jump to verse 10, in chapter 3, it says, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live. This is Paul talking. And what my purpose in life is. Here's something that's important right here. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. 
You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. <laughs> you need to know that. But evil people and imposters will flourish or will gain momentum, evil momentum. And it's not that they flourish in a positive way, but they're going to continue to gain momentum in the evil that they do. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. And so we see here that the breach between light and darkness will increase. We're seeing it happen right before us. It's widening. There's no doubt about it. You know, because for years, you kind of, people like to live in this gray area. It's like have their feet in both. I believe God is calling us as believers. We got to jump into his camp. We can't be straddling. We can't be like, well, you know, I'll just kind of wait and see where the tide goes. What's the culture shift going to be? No, he's like, you got to be all in for me. Oh, we're not going to get there as the church. We really have to be all in for him. So this is important. He's telling us these things. Literally, what this means is things are going to advance in the direction of getting worse. That's what we need to know and understand. It shouldn't be a shock to us. Things are getting worse. And they will continue to get worse. But that's okay because as dark gets darker, light gets lighter. Light always dispels darkness. And Jesus is light, and he's the light of the world, and no man can squelch that, and so that's a good to know. Suffering persecution, as I read, that is actually going to happen. You know, persecution doesn't happen to people who are trying to be relevant to the shift in culture. It doesn't. Persecution, you know, you just kind of want to fit into whatever's going on at the moment. You're not going to get persecuted for that. But I tell you what, when you stand up and say, no, this is what God said. This is what his word says. This is truth. Man, you're going to get persecuted. Paul said, yeah, I lived that life. Jesus lived that life. You know, he's the light of the world. He had the answers for everything, and he was a miracle-working God, and he died on the cross. All those things, but he was persecuted for that, for doing good. So don't be surprised that you're going to be persecuted. It comes with being a Christian. It comes with loving Jesus. That is just going to be a fact for us. Deceiving and being deceived. You know, when people begin to deceive other people, they find it harder to not be deceived more themselves. I think the more that you get deceived and then the more you start deceiving, it just this snowball effect. And then it's harder to see the error in somebody else's deception when you start going down this path. And you get into this place and they always say, how do you know you're being deceived? How do you know? Well, you don't because, because you're deceived. So what it is, God is set up in the body of Christ and he set up the word. He tells us these truths and he, he surrounds us with people who help us. Yeah. Have you ever noticed, and we've all been there. I've been where I've been deceived before and I have people come and say, hey, Steve, I just want to show you in case you haven't noticed. But that's part of how God brings people into your life that you trust. You've trusted them before, and now you're deceived, so you say, well, I just don't see you guys are looking at it the right way. Well, it's because I'm in deception. So, you know, we need to surround ourselves with people who love us and who care, and we need to go to the Word. What does the Word say? What does the Word say? I tell you, my dad's voice is louder in my head than ever before, because I always, I'm hearing him. I'm hearing the truths. I'm hearing the biblical principles. I'm hearing my dad tell me things that I've learned over the years sitting under his leadership and mentorship, and I feel good about it because I'm like, Dad, this is good. 
you walked this line and you led this life and you were persecuted and all these things, but God, in the end, you know, my dad's able to lay there and say, thank you, Jesus, I'm coming home. <laughs> you know, that, that's a good thing. So verse 14, but you must remain faithful in the things you have been taught. You know they are true. And that's what I personally am trying to do in my life right now. For you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all, all Scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and what makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. Now, this is something that we need to know, all Scripture, because I know people love to pick and choose. Well, this is what I believe, but I don't believe this. We say that because it's not comfortable. It's not convenient for us. It doesn't fit our theology or our doctrine or it, because it, it takes us out of that having to be disciplined in our life. But that's why it says all scripture is profitable, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to make sure that we're paying attention to that. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Boy, we're hearing that today probably more than ever is you're not wrong. Whatever you do is okay. It's right. Well, if you feel that, it's right. But guess what? There is wrong and there is right. And so that's what scripture is there for. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to every good work. And we're, we're about doing good work. So jump into chapter four. I solemnly, solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom... Preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. Yeah. Right now, it's probably not favorable, but we need to be preaching like yeah. never before. We need to be standing for the truth like never before. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Yeah. That's part of my responsibility as a pastor, of, of those who stand up here and share and preach and teach. Whatever we're doing, we're, we're doing it in love. We're doing it because we want to see people succeed in their walk with the Lord and not have to go through the turmoil and making poor decisions and, and just following the shift of, of the culture and all those things. But there's purpose behind this. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. I think we're there. People aren't, they're not listening. They're not listening. They're having some challenges, and they're trying to figure it out, but they're not turning to the word. They're not turning to the truth. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. Yeah. That is so true. You align with people who talk like you, right? Who, who you want, it's like, oh, I like that. I'm going to go jump in that group because that sounds really good to me. Not too many people go over here and talk to the person that's giving them a challenge that's trying to get them to go to the next level in their life and says, you might need to shed this or this or change or adjust this. I don't like that group. You know, I don't like being told that, you know, this and that. No. So we need to gravitate. Where is God going? And so we, we need to move in that direction. I, I would tell you right now, in two weeks, I want to share with you what I believe God is asking us as a church to do. So in two weeks, I want to, I want to share that coming this fall. I believe it's, it's something from the Holy Spirit, and so I'm looking forward to that. But I, I think it's, it, God's asking stuff from us. He really is in order for us to move forward in what he's doing. They will reject the truth 
and chase after myths. That's called following the culture shift. <laughs> the shifting culture. It's just you're chasing after stuff and, and you're just going to get worn out and tired doing it. Verse 5, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Wow, I mean, we've got an assignment. So again, I'm just taking us back to the word, taking us back to the word. What is it that the word is saying? I want to take us into Ephesians chapter 4. And this is a, a passage of scripture that we're most familiar with, but I just want to take us back again because there's a portion of it that's important for us. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We have a little ways to go, but we're working toward that. We're constantly striving toward that. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. That's why I believe today we need fivefold ministry. We need the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers like never before. We need that in our life. We need that to have them speaking into our lives because I tell you, the winds are blowing, adversity. Everything's going every direction, culture shift, all these things. So we need to come back to that place of the word is giving us an opportunity to get into alignment here with what he's saying. It goes on to say, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever, they sound like the truth. <laughs> oh, man. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We are the church. He's the head. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We need each other. Amen. We help each other grow. We need to be encouragers of each other. We're not here to tear each other down or to pick apart things about each other, but we're here to encourage. When somebody's down, you come and you lift them up, you undergird them. And so we have to be there for each other because we're all part of the body of Christ. We all play a different role and a different function. But I believe that God's put the fivefold ministry in there for a purpose, and we need that really like never before, like I said. Let's jump to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 17. It says this, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servant men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. We're seeing the clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I tell you, we're in a season where God's calling us. Man, we're going to rise up, young and old. We're going to gather together. We're going to be prophesying the word of the Lord. We're going to be speaking truth. We're going to be encouraging. There's going to be miracles that are going to happen because of our connection with God and our obedience to him in the midst of 
all the turmoil, everything that's going on, I believe that there's a voice rising out of the church that's coming, and we're going we're gonna to see this happen. It's going to be like a, a megaphone. And it, you know what? What I sense is we're not going to be out there trying to coerce people to come to Christ. I believe that there, our lives are going to be lived in such a way, if we do this according to what Christ is asking, people are going to say, man, I need whatever it is you got. Your testimony, your life, it looks much better than what I'm dealing with right now in my life. What is it? What's your secret? What's your answer? I tell you what, we got that hope that lies within us. We have an answer for that, and we need to have an answer. So I believe we're not going to be living in a time where we're out there striving to try to get people to come to Christ and try to strong-arm people. I just believe that God's presence itself is enough. His Holy Spirit is enough to draw people to him, and we're just part of the tools that he uses because he loves people and he loves relationship and he loves connecting people together. So I'm excited about that to see where we're going and what God's going to be doing. So let's jump in this thing together. Let's get a little bit excited about God because what's the opposite? Being downcast and sad and sorrowful and all these things. No, come on. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's walk in that strength. You know, are, are we people that will be shaped by God's kingdom are, are we going to be shaped by the culture around us? Come on, we, we got to be kingdom people, kingdom-minded people. Allow his kingdom to shape us and to mold us. God has not called us to line up with a particular political party or a person. That's not what he's called us to do. He's called us to line up with kingdom principles, kingdom purpose. He, that's what he's called. You know, we get all caught up now because we're in this, the political season of election and all that. Come on, let's not look to a person Let's not look to a party and hope that they're going to have an answer that's going to help our country. We, come on, we need to be looking to God because he's got the answers, and we need to trust him in that. So we get so caught up in somebody's attitude or personality or what they've done right or what they've done wrong, and we just we kind of get on this level of this bickering back and forth. And come on, we got to throw that stuff out, and we got to say, come on, whose report do we believe? We believe the report of the Lord. Come on, we got to jump on that bandwagon. We don't need to be on a political bandwagon. Uh, I just want to encourage you this morning as your pastor, don't get hung up and caught up in all of this stuff that's out there and the bickering and the backbiting and stuff. It gets us nowhere. If we can be those people who are saying the goodness of God, you know, if you put in your social media post, talk about the goodness of God, who's going to refute that? And if they don't like that, then that's okay because that's where persecution comes. But don't do it to try to defend a person or a party. You know, we're lining up with God. We're lining up with his kingdom. So my little soapbox there. You know, we're, we are citizens of the United States of America. Yes, we are. But we're also citizens of the kingdom. More importantly, we're citizens of the kingdom. And so that's... The kingdom of God has got good things for us. I know I've been going, but I want to I get through this. We're almost done. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. And this is where my heart you know, goes out to those people that God's working on. He's drawing, but it says, What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, and that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think of themselves so clever. And we see that going on all around us. People calling evil good and good evil. And it's confusing to a lot of people out there. It should not be confusing for us as believers. We know what's good. We know what's evil. And we call it what it is. And what does the Bible say? Again, we got to line up with that. Proverbs 11, verse 1 through 5. 
The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales. I'm telling you, we see that all the time. Everything's skewed, all the deception and everything that's out there. It says, but he delights in accurate weights. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Tell you what, God's called us to humility as believers. That's a good place to be. That's a good place to land, a place of humility, because wisdom comes with that. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. The godly are directed by honesty, and the wicked fall beneath their load of sin. I'm not about you, but I, I just want to be one that's led by the Spirit and by honesty and guided by the Word and by truths because I believe that's the right side to be on, and we need to be there. Proverbs chapter 6 Verse 16 through 19, there are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. This is what the Bible says. If you're looking for things, because right now we live in a time and there's a season that we're in where these things are becoming more and more evident. So if you're, you're saying, I'm not sure how to, where to land on things, again, I'm telling you, come back to the word. Number one, verse 17, haughty eyes, prideful eyes. A lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent. Wow, I tell you what, that's a big topic right now. What does the Bible say? No, we don't shed innocent blood. God hates that. He detests that. A heart that plots evil. Feet that race to do wrong. A false witness who pours out lies. And a person who sows discord in a family. That last one, I think, is very important for us. They all are important, but we're a family your personal family, whatever it is, don't sow discord in your family. Don't sow discord in the church. Let's be speaking good things of God, good. the goodness of God. And the last scripture I want to read is Galatians chapter 5, because I think we all need to really focus on this as we conclude. Starting in verse 22, it said, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You have freedom, full reign to practice these things, and we need to. This is the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be living this out every day. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Since we are living, in a, are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. Let's get this in there. But I, in us, let, let's stand. I, we're going to sing this song as we close. And I, I just believe that this song really kind of encapsulates where I believe that God... He, he's on the move. There's a move. There's a move of the Spirit. And it's, it's, it's already at work. And we need to be able to, to uh, sense what that is and jump on with what God is doing in our lives. And, and my goodness, miracles. We're, we're believing for them. We are believing for them. We're believing for salvations like by the thousands, by the thousands. And His kingdom is going to be expanded. I tell you what. And, and it, and, and it's uh, Reinhard Bonnke, I think, who said this, that we're going to plunder hell and populate heaven. Yes. And, and that, that's a good statement because we want to yes. see 
as many people with us in heaven uh, worshiping God and rejoicing for eternity together. Amen. Let's sing, let's sing this song as we conclude. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 